0: what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of hopefully, should be, the NL Cy Young Award winner, Trevor Bauer. And when I really like somebody, I throw it throw a freaking in there. So he's Trevor freaking Bauer. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. If you watched my two-cent rant I did earlier today, I posted it on the channel. Basically, I was just gushing about Trevor Bauer and how great he pitched last night. Last night, he pitched eight innings Four hits, one earned run, and 12 strikeouts to get his ERA (laughs) to 1.73. Wow, that is unbelievable. If you watched any of the game last night, it was like I said, this has been playoff baseball. And I think this bodes well for the Reds if they continue to keep playing. Now they got to go, you know, playing like this, they got to go to Minnesota. And I think they have to at least win two out of three in Minnesota, but they keep this rolling. They're already in playoff mode. You know, the Dodgers and all these other teams that are already clinched. You know, they're kind of chilling. We saw that when the White Sox came to town and they didn't give put up their best effort. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that. And the Reds beat them. But the Reds were very intense. And Milwaukee, those games were intense. So they br- the Brewers are trying to get into playoffs. The Reds right now are in. So I do think this playoff intensity that, that the Reds have is going to help them going into the playoffs this year because they're already in, like I said, playoff mode. They don't, they don't have to turn it on. It's already there. But last night, Trevor Bauer, one thing I love about him, you're going to like this when they're on your team, how cocky and arrogant he is and how confident he is in, in himself. Last night after the game, he was asked by a reporter if he thought he had cemented himself as the frontrunner for the Cy Young Award. <laughs> and Trevor Bauer, being Trevor Bauer, I quote, I don't see how you can see it any other way. I agree with him. I mean, look, this is what he has done this year. Like I said before, he's got a 1.73 ERA, which is number one in the National League. He has he's first in strikeouts with 100, 100 exactly. Innings pitch, he's third was 73. Thanks to David Bell. <laughs> now, the most impressive one is his whip. At 0.79 that's awesome so I got a couple of viewers on the channel right now so guys if you're new to the show do me a favor hit that like And subscribe button hit that thumbs up like I said I am up to 643 subscribers so I'm trying to get to 700 as fast as we can talking to Reds go talk to the Bengals here in a minute but right now I'm starting off with the Reds because they are on a roll they're playing like I said how we me, as a Reds fan, expected them to play all year. It still worries me a little bit too much that they worry on the home runs more than I'd like them to, but the good thing about the home runs they're hitting now as to the ones they're hitting at the beginning of the year, people, guys are on base, so they're not hitting solo shots. I mean, Votto was a two-run homer. I think Winker was a two-run homer, I think. Maybe he's a solo shot, but Gino, <laughs> Gino freaking Suarez blew the game open last night. It would, I went nuts. Yes, Jado, that's my boy. Because he has. I felt so great for him. Because he has struggled and struggled this year. He had such a awesome year last year. He had forty nine home runs last year, the most by a Venezuelan player ever. And then he follows up with this year with just struggling and struggling and struggling. And he left to go uh, have his second child. I think it's second child born came back, started struggling again, but then last two nights he's hit two huge home runs. Huge home runs. So, I mean, I'm very excited about the Reds and what is going on with them. What's up, Jeremy? Yeah, I agree with you. Trevor Young. Trevor (laughs) Young. Trevor Young. Trevor Bauer definitely should be the Cy Young award winner. I mean, I don't know how in the world you can't, you know, say that. You know, I don't, I don't know how, like I said, you're first in all the important things. Now, the Reds, they won last night six to one. Now, like I said, the offense showed up. They had six hits on six runs. They had one error, that was Gino, unfortunately. But I want to get to that. That was another great thing that Bauer did. Eugenio Suarez, as we, we like to call him, Gino, he's a very good third baseman. He had a bad throw and pulled Vado off the base last night. So then Bauer, I can't remember which batter it was, but Bauer gave up a double for the next batter. Luckily, the guy who got a first didn't score. So you got a guy on third base and a guy on second base, and there's no outs. And this is huge, and this is before Gino hit the home run. So you really needed Trevor Bauer to step up, and boy, did he. He not only got the next three batters out, he struck them out. He struck out Yelich, who in National League MVP, three times last night. Three. I mean, and after he struck out those three batters, I think it was in the sixth inning. I can't remember offhand. But he was so fired up and so excited. Just think how it would have been if fans like me or like you would have actually been in the stadium. We would have been going crazy. I was going crazy down here in the ice cave. I, I, it, was, it was great. And. On my show earlier, I said it's the best pitching performance by a red I've ever seen in a regular season because somebody else who's a, I bring on the show sometimes, Billy Roll, commented, well, what about Jose Rio in the 1990 World Series? Yeah. I meant regular season is what I was talking about. If I didn't clarify that on my rant, I apologize. But regular season pitching performance, to me, that's the best one I've ever seen. That includes the two no hitters that that uh, Homer Bailey, pitch, the no-hitter Tom Browning pitch, because there wasn't the pressure that was on Trevor Bauer last night and the Reds. They needed to win that game. Trevor Bauer was coming out, uh, coming off of only three days rest. Trevor Bauer wanted the ball. He wanted to face the Brewers. That's a guy you need to sign. So like I said earlier today in my show, for the Reds, you know, I'm like, here's a blank Check. You fill it out (laughs) and we'll pay you and make sure you stay as a red. Now, if that happens, the best part is Gray and Luis Castillo are both signed till 2023. So if you can get Bauer at least signed till then, we're going to have those three guys until 2023. That is as good of a starting three starting pitchers on any team since I think the 90s Atlanta Braves. So, and you know what the Braves did? Everybody's like, oh, they only won one, one World Series. I agree with you. They probably should have won more, but that's just the way it happened. But <laughs> me and the Reds, I'm excited about the three pitchers we have now, and hopefully they had the same success as Maddox, uh, Glavin, and Smoltz. That would be awesome moving in. Now, what you're going to have is Nick Cassiano's, Nick most likely. I hope not most likely will opt out because he's probably going to want to go try to get as much money as he can, which, you know, I can't fault anybody for that. I can't fault Bauer for that either. I mean, you know, we don't have Yankees money, <laughs> so, you know, he we could get outbid and we could lose both of them. I don't know. I hope not, but there is one thing. I think, I think Trevor likes it here. I think he likes, I know he likes our pitching coach and Trevor has had a way better year this year than he did last year with the Indians. So there's a lot of factors because Trevor's a different kind of guy. You know, he's not in it just for the money. He's in it for the love of the game. You know, you can tell by just his YouTube channel and different stuff that he does, the way he promotes the game. So those things, I think, factor into a chance that the Reds have of keeping him. But, like I said, when somebody hands you a check, you know, for two hundred dollars $50 million (laughs) over 10 years or whatever, it's kind of hard to say, no, I don't care who you are. So hopefully the Reds will sign him and keep him and hopefully he'll stay here. Hopefully Nick Cablastos will stay here too. Maybe he'll just opt in, but that's the thing. If he opts in, then you got to pay his money. You got to pay Tucker Barnhart. I mean, there's a lot of guys that the Reds are going to have to pay, but we're going to worry about that later. Let's just concentrate on the here and now. And the here and now is the Reds right now are my opinion – the hottest team in baseball. Now they're off today. So tonight, eight, I think it's 8-15. It's St. Louis versus Milwaukee. I personally would like St. Louis to lose. I cannot stand the Tweety Birds. <laughs> you know, that would be great to have them lose. And the Reds inch up even closer to getting that guaranteed playoff spot as a 2nd place team in the NL Central. So that's worth watching tonight. The Reds take on the Twins. Uh, tomorrow, let's see here. We got a question, Jeremy. If I got back into the Reds because of this show, you're welcome. <laughs> Must keep Trevor, yes, and keep winning. No blowing up, haven't watched much since Chris. Saban. That's my boy, Say Bo. That is my all time favorite player. Uh, glad to hear we're winning big games, yes. And Jeremy, I'm glad I got you back to liking baseball and liking the Reds. Exactly. Must keep them. So anyway, but yeah, Sabo, that is my all-time favorite <laughs> Reds player. I got a Pete Rose. It, it? Pete Rose autographed jersey back there. But my favorite player of all time is Chris Sabo. I love the guy. So anyway, like I said, big weekend. The Reds, I think, I think the entry number is still at four. I think. I'm not exactly positive on that. But like I said, I said this earlier in my rant. Now, David Bell came out and said that he's going to – Sonny Gray, get this right here. Sonny Gray's last pitching performance was the last one he had this week. He's going to save him for the playoffs. Now, and they're talking about bringing Trevor Bauer back on Sunday. Now, my question is, I don't know, Trevor wants, wants to play or wants to pitch on four days rest. My question is, I understand – Gray just came back from the, the disabled list. They only pitched six innings. So why don't you, if it's a must-win Sunday, which if they win the first two games, it might not be a must-win Sunday, but it probably will be. Either way, why don't you try to pitch Gray on Sunday? Save Bauer. That way, when you go into the playoffs, you can start game one with Bauer, with Cassianos, and then bring back Gray on, on, a couple of, you know, on short rest. Just my opinion, but we'll see. I see Jeremy, what'd you like? Uh I gotta click on it here. The goggles, yes. I <laughs> I always used to beg my parents to let me buy those goggles and wear them for baseball and basketball, but I never did <laughs> never did. Yeah, I don't I got basic surgery, that's why I don't have glasses now. So, anyway, what you got here, Mike? let here. One thing I love about Trevor is he was so so fired up after striking out these guys. I I agree with you, Mike. That, I mean, to me, that's got to fire the team up and fire everybody else up. I mean, he was doing the Conor McGregor, you know, uh, Vince McMahon walk off the the mound. I mean, after he struck those guys out, if you watch, he just stared them down. Like, yeah, yeah, I just did that. I just did that. I struck you out. (laughs) I'm that good. I'm that guy. That's the way he was playing last night. That's the way he was pitching. It was awesome. It was, I mean, all right. I said I get into some Bengals stuff here, and I will. The Bengals tape on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Now, this is some kind of interesting tidbit of information I, I kind of found out. Now, as you know, the Bengals are 0-2. Now, for the first time since 2008, there are 11 teams in the NFL that have that are 2-0. There's also the same amount of teams that are 0-2. I said, so you got 11-0-2, 11-2-0. Now, there's hope for the Bengals because the 2 and 0, out of the 2-0 teams in 2008, three of those, or excuse me, six of those made the playoffs. Okay, where's the hope in that, right? Well, out of the 0-2 teams, three of those teams made the playoffs. Now, I am by no means saying that the Bengals are definitely making the playoffs. I have no idea. They got to fix the offensive line, like we always say. And I posted this on Sports of Strawberry Ice and out on Bengals Nation that it looks like Fred Johnson and Bobby Hart are going to be on the right side of our line again. And I know all Bengals fans are going nuts. Why? Well, they might not have a choice. (laughs) I mean, Billy Price, by all account, has been a bust. Uh, They haven't been able to put him in there. Adena is still a rookie. Surflow – I guess he didn't do good. I, he still might be injured. I'm not sure. Now, a couple more tidbits. That's kind of a bandage, but the Bengals. Let's see here. Uh, okay, now this is one thing about the defense that we all know: <laughs> the Bengals have lost their first two games by a total of eight points. This is good. I mean, this is good news. They've only lost by eight points, meaning they are in every single game. I mean. My opinion that Jeremy and Mike have said this too. The first game, I still say we won because <laughs> AJ Green, you don't no, nobody ever throws a flag. Then you don't throw that flag, that game's over, and we win. So we should be one on one. But if the Bengals made one more play in that Browns game, you never know what could happen. Okay, one more stop if they don't get the strip sack, you know, on Joe Burrow, you never know what's going to happen. Now, the Bengals run stop has been terrible it was better the first game last week it was terrible the Bengals are giving up 185 yards rushing that's 30th in the NFL now the bottom five teams are the Lions Texans Browns and Bengals all five of them are 0-2 so that tells you obviously you want to win you got to stop the run now where's the hope well the hope is that Gino Atkins and Uh, Mike Williams, hopefully, will return soon. I'm hoping this Sunday. I don't know. I haven't heard anything if they're coming back or not. I was watching the Bengals uh, podcast with uh, Dave and Lap, and they didn't even know. So we'll see what's going on. I hope they do win. I hope they show up because Bengals, we need a win. Joe Burrow needs a win. First win's coming guaranteed. Plus, forgot. Peyton Manning did didn't win the game. True. Be patient. Yep. Bagels Nation. Bobby will be. I think gone soon is what you mean, Jeremy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they have to address the offensive line in the offseason. I don't know if you can address it now. It's. I mean, I talked about it in how many shows in the offseason that I wish they would have addressed it. I mean, I wish they would have. So. We'll see. Let's see. What you got, Jeremy? Yeah, hopefully we will be back. I haven't heard. I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know if they've practiced. I. It's really hard to find that stuff out right now. And you know, check out Bengals. Uh, Their Bengals.com, and they haven't uh, said anything that I know of. Now, to me, this is going to be the key. Now, I stole this from Dave Lappin. But this is going to be the key to stopping Philly. Is the tight ends? You gotta stop the tight ends. Carson Wentz loves throwing to the tight ends. Last year, they had 150 catches, over 1,500 yards, and 11 TDs. All those were to the tight ends. Now, Carson Wentz was the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards and did not have a wide receiver over 500 yards. So that tells me our linebackers have got to be ready to shut down the tight ends and cover them out of the backfield. And be ready to go because Carson Wentz is looking for them. Flip side, the Bengals, Joe Burrow really uses the tight ends a ton too. CJ Usama is going to be a huge loss. I'm very optimistic about what I saw from Drew Sample. I think he might be taking a step. I mean, that cat, I, I just keep going over that catch, that one-handed grab he had was ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, that's a Shannon Sharp tight end catch. And that's a Hall of Fame tight end. That's the kind of catches that he would make. And the thing is, I watched it again in slow motion. At first, when I saw it live, I thought he caught it and it stuck in his hand. But he didn't. He caught it, bobbled it, and then still caught it. So that's great athleticism, great concentration. It just gives me hope that I think he can step up. Now, what's behind him? That's another factor. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I really think that the tight ends are going to be big for both teams on both sides of the ball. Now, from what I've heard about the Eagles, their linebacking core is not very good. Again, that's why I say the tight ends could be a very big factor for the Bengals. Now, another thing that I hope that the Bengals do, and I think a lot of us Bengals fans hope they do is sorry, John Ross. I think you should be a healthy scratch. i Tate last year proved that he can play, and he will go get the ball. And John Ross, he keeps getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Bet you you got to grab it. And so far, he has not grabbed it. So I really think Austin Tate should be the next, you know, in, in the, the game next week, or I mean Sunday, because he can also play special teams. I don't think John Ross plays special teams. <clears throat> let's see, Jeremy, we should have addressed it four months ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. As do many Bengals fans, do you think Zach's bringing back these guys will warm his seat? Uh, I think you mean. I don't know. I, I, I think he's bringing it back because I don't know if he has a choice. To be honest, I don't know if he has a better... You know, a better... Um, a better guy to put in there. And let's watch a podcast with uh, the great Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com. Uh, and... he seems to say that that Fred Johnson you gotta give him a break because that was his first snaps at guard in like two years in an NFL game now I never played offensive line so I don't know what the difference is between playing guard and tackle you know so I defer to the great Jeff Hobson as yeah all right maybe I'll give him a break and we'll see what happens this week Bobby Hart I have a hard time giving him a break because he wasn't good last year. He hasn't been that good this year. So, like I said, I'm not sure what the bank was selling, but it's the same thing as when they stuck the swing gate out there out there away he <laughs> when they let um Wit go and he couldn't stop anybody. So they fall in love with certain guys. I don't know why, but we'll see. Let's see here. Oh, you got Jeremy? Try to bring this up. There you go. Also agree. Also with benching him or also with him benching Tate. Yeah, I don't think he should have benched Tate. I mean, I, like I said, I think the whole thing with that is when you got a guy as fast as John Ross and John Ross, you're never going to take this away from him. Set the fastest time for the 40 yard dash in NFL combine history. You're never going to take that away from him. He And that's the part for me, and I think most Bengals fans, that drives us nuts. It's, he's so fast. He could, you know, take the top off the defense so easily, but he just doesn't, you know? I mean, Willie Gull, he was, if you guys remember him back in the 80s on the 85 Bears, he was an Olympic sprinter. Legit Olympic, he was an Olympics. 1984 Olympics sprinter. He was a good player, but not a great player for as fast as he was. You know, you think he could be That guy. Now you compare him to somebody who torched the Bengals, and I hate I'm I'm gonna say this, but Jerry Rice, who played for the Sucky Niners, Wasn't that fast, but always got open and always caught the ball and was always there for his quarterback. That I'll take that any day over a guy who can, you know, can run fast. I would rather them be able to run fast and be Jerry Rice. That would be awesome. But you know, that's neither here nor there. That you know. We'll see what happens. Now, we got the Bearcats today. Or not today. They're playing Saturday at 3.30. They're taking on Army. And I know I've said this before, Bearcat fans, I'm upset. There's nothing we can do about it. They're on ESPN+. Plus. But if you don't want to spend the money, uh, you can always listen to it on 1027WEBN. Hopefully, sometime this year, we'll be on a channel that we all can watch. That would be great. All right, Mike, what are you asking here? Zach did say, do your job or ship, or you're shipped out of the office. Hey, actually, you know, I saw something. I wish I could find that tweet. Um, Paul Daner Jr., I think, um, tweeted that out. It was, uh, oh, man, who is the, Satan Myers? I think it was. Anyway, basically said, he didn't say who said it, but it was a very intense conversation with the entire defense. Basically, if you guys don't get better, we're going to find somebody who will. That's great, you know, to talk that. Let's hope that the Bengals' coaching staff actually does that. Because something's got to change. The biggest thing that drove me nuts with the game on Thursday wasn't really the run defense because I kind of figured without Atkins, without Williams, we'd have a hard time stopping the run. And they got the Browns got two great running backs. But the part that drove me more nuts was the lack of tackling. And I will put it to you this way: it's a short week. And again, with the pandemic, we've not they didn't have any preseason, they didn't have any OTAs. You know, I'm not making excuses, but it could be a reason why that is. Either way, that's gotta be fixed. They gotta make tackles. Your paid athletes tackle the guy, especially the guy with the ball on the first time. Because there's a couple of times we had him in the backfield and Would it slipped off of them, I'm like, oh, it was so frustrating. It was too much like last year where, you know, we missed how many tackles. All right, Jeremy, just feel like a lot of Bengals fans don't understand why Zach didn't add or draft more linemen to the top of, to the top of Tate, et cetera. I think he may be on the hot seat at the end of the year, but I hope that, Jeremy, he's not going to be on the hot seat. There's, I mean, Uh, we've had this conversation before. We had David Shula for four years. We had, <laughs> we had Bruce Cosm for four years. We had Marvin Lewis for 12, 13 years. Zach Taylor is not on the hot seat. There's no, there, I, or, that's not going to happen. Mike Brown does not change coaches that quickly. And I'm still not sold that Zach Taylor is a bad coach. I don't like some of his play calling. That's how, especially the, the one, the goal line with the Browns I, browsing. Well, well, he tried to do a pitch or something. I'm just like, what was that? <clears throat> so I'm not totally sold on. On Zach being gone. What you got here? On, sorry, I got to check what Jeremy says. Tackling was my Zeke of the week Yes. tackling was your Zeke of the week. You are right. It was a good, a good Zeke of the week. But, um. Like I said, we get Daniels and we get uh, Gino back. It's going to be a big difference. A lot. It's going to be more like the San Diego game. By the way, I know this isn't uh, Cincinnati sports related, but did you guys hear what happened to Tyrod Taylor? I, he went to the hospital with chest uh, chest pains. Well, I didn't know this, but apparently the Bengals defense was so good they cracked a couple of his ribs. I didn't know that. So the doctor gave him a shot in his ribs to try to – take the pain away so he can play. He punctured his lung. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor's lung got punctured. That's why he couldn't play. That's why he's having chest pains. I'm like, ooh, that doctor's fired. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's see here. What do you got, Mike? Uh, was Zach, not only is it his second year, but like I said, maybe there isn't an offensive line out there. Yeah. I mean, now the thing is, there was guys that they could have gotten They could have picked up in the offseason. I don't know why they didn't. I really don't. With all the moves that the Bengals made, I'm not sure why trying to fix the right tackle wasn't more of a priority. Like like I said in my shows in the summertime, I'll be glad to be wrong. I wish I was wrong. I wish Bobby Hart was great. I I hope he starts getting better. We need him to get better. I mean, seriously. Now, one thing I have – an option that I hope the Bengals try to do uh, this week against the Eagles that Joe Burrow did a lot at LSU is roll out, roll out of the pocket, get away from that rush, you know, roll out and chuck it deep. Cause he did that at LSU and he was very accurate. I mean, I don't know if you guys, do you remember the playoff game, the, the college uh, playoff game against, was it, Cle- was it Clemson? No, Clemson was next champion. It was against um, Oklahoma. Burrow rolls out to the side. He's almost out of bounds, and he flips it perfectly. I think it was to Moss, right, at the sideline. And I remember I was watching a game at my cousin's house. I go, see, that's my quarterback right there. So Burrow is an accurate passer on the run. It is an option to try to do, to get him out, get him away from that pass rush. Because if they give him time, he's going to kill him. (laughs) Because Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the Bengals have had may ever have so oh Jeff Hop- Jeff Hobson was doing a, his podcast today with um I can't remember the guy's name he is a um reporter for the uh he was with Jacksonville Jaguars and now he's on CBS uh sports how I trying to look it up here what is his name oh yeah uh Pete Briscoe yeah he's doing a po- Jeff Hopkins was doing a podcast with Pete Briscoe and Briscoe is not a Bengals fan. He doesn't cover the Bengals. He doesn't do anything. But he had some very interesting things that he said about Burrow. He compared Joe Burrow to Tom Brady in the pocket. And he was doing that before the Bengals drafted him. He, he was saying he's out of the pocket. Burrow is way more athletic than Brady is. But in the pocket, the way he breaks it down in his mind and can make the plays and figure out the defense, figure out what they're doing faster than you know they can, I said he's like, that's where he's at, and then the other interesting thing he said is uh, first, I was asking um, uh, to a tongue of Iloa, he said, uh, in the national championship game where he got hurt, <clears throat> or or where, not where he got hurt, but a national chip, 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 get that, we'll try it again. He got hurt this year. Does, did he think that they would win a national championship if he wasn't hurt? And – Tua's answer was, well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, things happen. It wasn't, yeah, definitely, you know, we win. So he told Burrow that, and Burrow's like, very dead serious. You know we beat him when he was the quarterback in Alabama, right? So Joe Burrow's going, no, even if Tua was the quarterback, I still would have beat him. (laughs) That is awesome. That is the confidence and the chip on the shoulder you want with Burrow. And that's another thing where I compare him to Brady. He's got that chip on his shoulder from not getting the chance at Ohio State to having to go down to LSU to earn his way on there. I mean, the beginning of last year, they had him ranked as a fifth-round draft pick. Fifth. He went from the fifth-round draft choice to number one overall in a year. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, that, and that chip. That he I think he's gonna keep on his shoulder for the rest of his career. And that's the other thing um Pisco was I keep messing with his name, Pisco, whatever his name was that he was on uh Jeff Hobson's um, podcast. That's the other thing that he said. He goes, Those are the things that you want. Pete Prasco, I get it right. Those are the things that you want in a quarterback. And those are things that you you can't teach. Tom Brady still to this day uses that chip that he wasn't, you know, he was just late round draft pick or whatever and get no chance, you know. Let's see here what we got. Hold on, Jeremy. I'm trying to bring you up here. I can get the computer to work. There we go. I see. I know I've said it, but 2.4 seconds is absolutely unbelievable. We got to give him at least three. Yeah. And the thing is, like I said earlier, we're only giving him 2.4 seconds and he threw it 61 times and he completed 37 of them. And the combined points of both games, the first game and the second game, the Bengals only lost by eight points. That's it. (laughs) That's a touchdown and a two-point conversion in two games. So Joe Burrow, like I said, always gives you a chance to win. And that's where I I hope Mike Brown and the Bengals and Duke Tobin, which I'm, I'm sure they know what they have. I just hope they know what to do with it to protect him. And the biggest thing is the offensive line. You know, you I would prefer the Bengals have a great offensive line and okay wide receivers because Joe Burrow can make okay wide receivers great because he can throw them open. He can do all this, that's you know he just needs guys who can get a little bit of separation and Joe can get, get him the ball. But you got to give him time to do it. And Joe Mixon, I would love to see him see him getting going. I mean, if he can get. If we get the run game going, and get Joe Mixon getting off, you know, five, six yard runs. That, again, would give Burrow more time because then they would bite on the play fake. You know, <laughs> they wouldn't they they wouldn't have, you know, they might have to stack the box because, oh, boy, they might run. And that opens up, you know, the outer uh, the, over the top uh, passes. So there's a lot of stuff that could happen. I could see happening. I just hope it happens faster than it did last year because Mixon really did not get going until like a fifth game last year. So hopefully he can get going this year quicker. Now, one thing I will put on Mixon that I think he kind of messed up on, on that goal line stand last, last week against the Browns. That was the one where they, they went backwards the whole time. You know, well, it was one where it should have been a touchdown first. And Giovanna Bernard should have scored, did score, should have. Anyway, um, Joe Burrow got sacked. And then – or no, this is Joe Burrow got sacked after this. But the first play, I think, was to hand it off to Mixon. And instead of Mixon – because we were like only on, like, the one-yard line. Instead of Mixon trying to just ram his way in there and maybe you get no gain, he bounced the play out and lost two, three yards. To me, Mixon has got to be – more, I want to say intelligent. That's a bad word because he wasn't stupid. Just you got to know where you're at on the field. And I would, at that point, I would rather get no yards than lose two. If he had a great offensive line and he knew somebody's out there to block for him, then you bounce it out. But our offensive line isn't that good. So it's kind of like sometimes he's just going to have to bow his head and just try to ram it in there and see what happens. So, anyway. Let's see here. Now, Jeremy and Mike, you guys are the only ones talking to me today. <laughs> Boom, nailed it. Luckily, O line easy to fix for Burrow and mixes. Well, hopefully, I hope he's. It's easy to fix. I mean, I mean, their thing is they're going to have to bring in tight ends to block. You know, maybe you have to do that. very actually tight end on the right right hand side to help Bobby Hart and uh, Fred Johnson out. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to start wrapping this up, guys. I thank all you guys for joining me. I'm going to get onto my Facebook groups that I help run, and I invite you guys to come join. They are Bengals Nation, Reds Country, Bearcats Country, and Cyclones Country. And also, it's down there on the uh, scrolling on the bottom there. Follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I added Cincinnati Sports Strawberry Ice, so it might be easier to find sometimes. YouTubers. You guys are doing awesome. We're at 643. Just hit that like and subscribe button and tell all your friends about strawberry ice. Other than that, we got Bengals nation and strawberry ice coming up Monday, five o'clock. We'll break down the Bengals Eagles game as best we can. And hopefully we'll break down a win. That would be awesome. Other than that guys, that's your sports baby. See ya.